0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. I'll be home for Ah, just mention the words, I'll be home for Christmas, and you can hear Bing Crosby crooning away, or maybe Pastor Grady. It's all part of the delight, correct? Part of the delight of today, I'll be home for Christmas. Children home from college, maybe a reprieve from business travels, and suddenly, even the overstretched schedule with sports practice, music lessons, social engagements, all comes to a grinding halt. And so it's not just you, is it, but the whole family who is home for Christmas, And as much joy as that brings, there's the flip side, the waiting for the other shoe to drop side. Perhaps you wonder, how long will this tranquility last? Is it only a matter of time before an argument erupts between my siblings? I mean, after all, it happens every year. And at some point, you know the holiday tradition that you wish would die, We'll probably come to life again. Perhaps the comments on others' attire, the rolling eyes when a certain family member walks in the room, and then perhaps there's the change to coming home, or maybe not going home, or a loved one no longer present this side of heaven. And so it's true. Christmas can be both an absolute delight and a challenge. Which means that being home, being home for Christmas requires a better definition. It means you need something besides the simple delight of being home. You need grace. Grace upon grace. Christmas grace. You need grace to forgive one another You need grace to look beyond what is so readily apparent. And today we learn and receive that very word, that grace is yours because another has made his home with you. Today we learn that the word has become flesh so that he dwells among us, and it is just the thing to hear this day The Word, the Word, the Word, that is, the eternal divine Son of God has become flesh. He has taken on a human nature, your human nature, flesh and blood in the womb of Mary, and has been born as such. But there's even more to this verse than you may realize, and for that we require a little more precise translation from the Greek The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. The tabernacle, you might remember, was a tent designed by God himself so that he would have a place to dwell with his people. That design was given to Moses shortly after the exodus from Egypt. The tabernacle would serve for nearly 500 years before it would be replaced by the temple, which had the exact same design but was a permanent structure rather than a tent. I'll be home for Christmas. Jesus does just that. Jesus tabernacles among us. You see, everything that God promised about the tabernacle stands fulfilled in Jesus. He is the place where God dwells among us. No more need for a tabernacle or a temple. Jesus is where it's at. And that's saying a lot, maybe more than you realize You see, the tabernacle was more than a delight. It was a place of awe. It was apparent that God was present in the tabernacle because there you beheld his glory. It was actually a cloud that rested in the innermost part of the tabernacle, the most holy place. And while the most holy place was not entered by anyone other than the high priest once a year the glory of the Lord went out of the top of the tent into the sky. And it could be seen by all, no matter where they were situated. It was truly an awe-inspiring sight. And now all that awe is bound up in Jesus. He is born and appears as any other child, And we are told there is nothing in his appearance to make him more glorious than any other fellow, yet you can still marvel at him, because in this man, the eternal God dwells. This child lying in his mother's arms is the one who created the whole universe. And even the motherly arms in which he lies marvel At the majesty of that, how great is your God that he can humble himself to be born of Mary and yet remain the source of all things. For the same reason that the tabernacle inspired awe, it also produced fear, perhaps a little bit like your Christmases. But this is even more than that. The glory of the Lord that could be seen coming out of the tabernacle is the same glory that the people of Israel had seen on Mount Sinai when the Lord descended to speak to Moses. And it looked, if you recall from Scripture, as if the mountain were on fire. And a boundary was then set around the mountain so that no person nor animal would step on it. Lest they die. That same fear ought to be ours as the word tabernacles among us, a holy fear, not a fear of the other things of this life to which we often succumb. You see, it is no small thing to be in the presence of God. The most holy place was the location of God's presence in the tabernacle. The one day a year when the high priest entered it was only after specific sacrifices had been made even to cleanse him. And even then, a rope was tied to his foot so that he could be dragged out if he screwed up or died unexpectedly. You see, to walk into the most holy place outside of God's protocols meant death. As such, sinners do not waltz into the presence of the holy God. Sinners do not choose Him. Sinners do not make a decision for him. Sinners do not come to him. They can't. And that hasn't changed. Don't be fooled by Christ's humility as he comes as a baby. He is the holy God. He is the creator of all things. And an honest assessment of your sin should leave you shuddering in fear when you think of approaching the one in whom we behold the glory of God. But yet there is reason why the faithful, in the midst of that awe-inspiring fear, why the faithful kept coming to the tabernacle. Yes, it is an awe-inspiring place as you behold the glory of the Lord, and yes, it is also fearful to know you cannot hide your sin or explain it away as you behold the glory of the Lord, but you have his word. You see, the Lord commanded Moses and the people of Israel to construct the tabernacle, and he told them why. He promised that it is where he would dwell among us, his people with grace. Grace upon grace. Christmas grace. You see, God desires to dwell, to tabernacle with his people, but he also knows that we are sinners who cannot live to tell the tale if we behold his unfettered holiness. So, he puts on a mask that he might truly be present with his people, that they might yet live, and that's what grace truly is. That is the tabernacle, and it is all bound up in Jesus, who now has come for you. You see, here in the child born of Mary, God is now dwelling among his people with grace, with grace upon grace. He will not be apart from you. He desires to be with you. He desires that all would be saved. He desires that you would have the sustenance you need to live in this life, to face all that comes your way, that you might have a hope, that you might have a future. All of that is grace in Jesus. And it explains why He took your human nature. You see, grace comes at a price, one that you and I cannot pay. But Jesus pays it. He pays the price in His flesh. Thus, the glory of God, the same glory, the same glory from the cloud The cloud upon the mountain, the cloud there in the tabernacle in the temple, the same glory is also revealed in its fullness at the cross. The night that he is betrayed, John 17 verse 1, Jesus prays, The hour has now come. Glorify your Son. At other times, Jesus says it is not yet his time. But we know that his time is at the cross. There is the time of His glory, glory that abounds in grace. And so with unending grace, you have just the place to dwell, in the tabernacle, in Jesus. You see, His presence, glory, and grace is no less available for you today than it was when He was lying in Mary's arms. He still wears a mask today so that He can dwell with you and me poor sinners. His glory was manifest to you in your baptism, a glory that remains with you, covering you. His glory is ever present with you in Scripture as you read at home to your children, as you hear and receive it here in this place. His glory is present under simple bread and wine. Right there, He comes to you with the same body and blood, That Mary held in her arms. The same body and blood that was crucified for your salvation. The same body and blood that rose from the dead. The same body and blood that will come again for you on the last day. The same body and blood in which you behold his glory. The glory of the one and only. The one and only from the Father. The one and only full of grace and truth. And so this day, know this and rejoice, Jesus tabernacles with you. So welcome home. You are home right here, right now, because here Christ, the glory of God, is present for you through his word, baptism, and his supper. That means that God is at home with you Because of Christ, welcome home in the name of Jesus.